Hello, and welcome to Rooted, where we discuss what we believe and why we believe it. On today's episode, we talk about sin and judgment. Make sure to follow us on socials at, at HBC Encounter to be a part of the discussion. And of course, make sure to leave a rating and share this with your friends. All right, without further ado, this is Rooted. All right, welcome back, Rooted, episode seven, talking about sin and judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Say hello, Connor. Hello, Connor. There it is. <laughs> you know who you are. You know who we just did that for. I'm not even going to mention them by name because they don't deserve that. But somebody out there just got very excited, and I'm sure we'll hear about it after this episode comes out. But Connor, today we're talking about sin and judgment, continuing our TikTok theology series. Um, and you threw out a word earlier. We're just jumping right into this, by the way. Uh, before we before we started the official recording. Connor and I were talking about, he was like, I don't know what you're about to ask me. And I said, it's okay. Cause I don't know what I'm going to ask you. So as you can tell, we've worked very hard to prepare for this episode, but Connor, we were talking about it briefly beforehand and you threw out a word, um, that I can't spell that I believe means this. Is it the study of sin? Yeah. It's the study of sin. Okay. What's that word? It's a uh, homardiology. Homardiology. Yeah. H A M A R T. I O L O G Y. All right. I would fact check you on how to spell that, but I couldn't even take a swing at it. So we're talking about sin. We're talking about judgment. Um, Connor, is there anything special about the word homardiology? Like, do you know where it comes from? Do you? Yeah. Know? yeah. Okay. It, it okay, comes from the, the Greek word sin. So whenever we see the word sin in the Bible, in the New Testament at least, it's uh, harmartia. Hamartia. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, and the Greeks were very familiar with this idea of sin. Um, in fact, their definition for it, or at least when you Google the, the definition of Hamartia, it's hard to say. I want to add like it's a hard. R after yeah. the first A, but there's no it's R there. It's not there. No. Um, it comes up as like a fatal flaw. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like the same Greek idea of like hubris, like hubris is like a, a unhealthy amount of pride. In sure. The Greek tragedies. Okay. Cause that's, you know, that's my background's theater Greek yeah. tragedies. Yeah. So like a lot of times in the Greek tragedies, somebody would have a, f if, if their fatal flaw was pride, the word for that was hubris. It's their hubris. That will be their downfall. So it's kind of the same idea of somebody having a fatal flaw, but it sounds like this is a much more general term. Yes. This idea of, Hamartia. Yes, exactly. Oh, I nailed it. Let's go. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself. So we're talking about sin. Um, and kind of the reason we want to address this, you know, the whole point of this TikTok theology series is that there are a lot of ideas about what the Bible says, what the Bible doesn't say, um, how the Bible speaks to our, our modern culture, our modern beliefs, um, how Christianity and the church speaks to these things, so on and so forth. And one of the topics that I think gets gets thrown around and a word that gets misused a lot is sin. I think a lot of times people, even within the church, who might consider themselves Christians, use this word sin to mean things and use it to, you know, maybe shame people or tell people something about themselves that it was never meant to do. So, Connor, in your in the 
best way possible on the spot, how would you define sin in a biblical way? Okay, so when we look at the Bible and we try to figure out what sin is, there's really two kinds of things we need to look at. We need to know if the Bible is talking about sin with a capital S and singular, or if the Bible is talking about sins, which is a lowercase s and plural. Because if we're talking about lowercase s and plural, then sins are just actions or thoughts that go against God's commands or, or his character. Yeah, and like God okay. has commanded us to not murder, and we murder, that's a sin with a lowercase s. Gotcha. But then there's this kind of greater idea of sin with a capital S. And let me pull it up real quick. It's in this book that I'm, I'm reading right now. Yeah. But while I'm doing that, speak to what you know about sin from a biblical context. Yeah, so. so when we're talking about capital sin S, right, you know, capital S sin, we're talking about big sin. Um, you, you hit on the fact that we all commit little sins, right? And we'll kind of we'll kind of hit on this later, but the the little s things, the actions that we do, are in contrast and in character of our sin nature. That's how I like to talk about it: our sin nature. So, what does it mean to have sin nature? Well, when we talk about a human nature, we talk about things that humans do almost instinctively, right? So, like if you if you feel lonely or isolated when you're not around groups of people or you, you know, you suffer from mental health issues because you're not around a, a lot of people, that's human nature, right? To want to be with people. We're a pack animal almost. Um, or maybe, you know, you, you feel, you see somebody who has succeeded in life and you want to succeed and you want people to look up to you. That is human nature. Um, biblically speaking, we know that those sorts of things are not just because we're human. We don't desire these things just because we're human. But when it comes to things like greed and coveting something our neighbor has, how the King James would put it, right? That is our sin nature. That is the thing that from the fall has, has been passed on to us. And so because of that, it's not necessarily the actions we're talking about. It is just our nature as humans who live post fall, that it is in our nature to be against God and the things that he desires. So do you have your quote ready? Yeah. So this is from what did the cross accomplish? It's a conversation on the atonement. And one of the authors say, says this, uh, Christ's death has addressed the dual problems of sins, which is like the lowercase s and plural and he says it's multiple individual misdeeds that render one guilty before God and thus need to be forgiven by God. And he goes on to say, and sin, with the capital S, it's a cosmic non-human forces, whether satanic or institutional, operating on humans and dominating humanity. Mm. Now that's a lot of words, but it just basically means things like sickness, disease. Yeah. Wars could probably be another one. Right. And, of course, like at the current time of recording, we're kind of, seems like, on the brink of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, it's, the picture we're trying to paint here, and that's, that's a great way to think about it, is that there are sins that we commit. There are things that we do. But 
Jesus didn't come to die for our sins. He came to die for our sin. He came to die for the result of our human condition as distant and opposed to God. He came to die for our relationship to be bridged with the almighty God, not that we would live lives that are perfect. You know, in eternity, that will be the case. But now while we're here on earth, we can't say that Jesus died so that people could be perfect because nobody's perfect. So what do you do with that? So let's talk about sin. Let's talk about kind of this world idea. And, and we want to, sh- we want to stay away from universalism because that's going to be next week's episode. We're going to talk about who goes to heaven. Why do they get to go to heaven? Does everybody get to go to heaven? Um, spoiler alert. No, they don't. Um, because of what we're talking about today, sin. So there's kind of this old evangelist apologetics ish, right? Theme of, and, and Connor, you've jokingly used this before. When you, when you go to a stranger on the street, and you're talking to them about Jesus and you say, Hey, are you going to go to heaven? And they're like, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. What's, what's the next couple of questions that follow that interaction? The, uh, the next couple of questions are things like, Oh, well, have you ever lied to somebody? And the person, if they're honest, they're going to be like, well, yeah, of course I've lied. You know, I've somebody asked me if I stole their pencil and I said, no, but in reality I did. That was in like right. second grade. And I still remember it. Very critical, crucial point in my life. Yeah, apparently. Um, or someone might say, well, have you ever committed adultery? And if the person answers honestly, they might say no. Right. And if they say no, then you go on to say, okay, well, the Bible says that if you've ever looked at lust with the woman, then you've already committed adultery. Have right. you done that? And again, if the person is honest, that person's going to say Yes. Then the person goes on to say, okay, well, have you ever murdered anybody? And most people haven't murdered anybody. Most people. Right. And the person's probably going to say, well, no, I haven't done that. And then the person who's asking the questions is going to go on to say, okay, I believe you. But the Bible says that if you've ever been angry with a brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Have you been angry with somebody? And the person, if again, if they're honest, is going to say, well, yeah, I have been angry. Then to conclude, the person asking the questions is like, okay, so according to God's law, you have broken it. And because you've broken it, you are guilty of sin. Right. The Bible says that the payment that we receive for sin is the death. Now, you don't even have to go all the way to Romans 3.23 to figure that out. You can look in the first three chapters of Genesis and figure that out. You know, God said, hey, don't eat of this tree. If you do, you will die. God gave a command. Adam and Eve broke the command, which they sinned. And what they got in return for that sin was death. And from a biblical context, every time somebody sins, it's usually that person will pay for their sins. Mm. Right? So there's this example in Kings, and I think it's Kings, but it's uh, with King Zimri. Z-I-M-R-I. And the Bible says, King Zimri sinned, and he paid for those sins with his death, or Mm -hmm. he died for his sins. Yeah. Right? So if you look in the New Testament, we see this uh, element of substitution, right? Right. We sinned, so we should die for our sins. But 1 Corinthians 15 says, well, Christ died 
for our sins. So again, there's that element of substitution where it should read, you know, Connor died for his sins. Seth died for his sins. Yeah. But it doesn't say that. It says Christ died for our sins. And I think if we miss the element of like what the punishment for sin is, then that kind of takes away from the joyfulness of salvation that we as Christians get to experience. Right. Yeah. So, so help me understand this in a way. So we talk about kind of going back to, to what you were saying. There's a punishment for sin. And you said that, okay, everybody's lied. If, if we're all being honest, we could, we could all admit that we've lied or we've stolen something or we've cheated on a test or, or whatever the, you know, broken the speed limit. You know, most people don't think about that as being sin, but, but I mean, let's just be real about it. Guilty as charged, but I've done these things, right? And I am a quote unquote sinner, but I also do good things. So I give to charity. I tithe on most of my paychecks. Um, I hope my boss isn't listening to this. Most of them, 99%, I promise. Um, I, you know, I spend time giving back to the community. I, you know, I adopted a dog from the dog pound. Like I'm a pretty overall, a pretty good person. Sure. I've done bad things, but I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. Help me understand why those good things that I do don't erase the bad things. Cause, cause if we put them in the balance, you know, you, I can maybe argue I've done more good things than bad things. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other people can too. People that come from different religions. For example, in Eastern religions, they have this idea of karma, where mm. if you do something bad, something bad will happen to you. Right. If you do something good, something good will happen to you. And in the end, it's all balanced. It's all yin and yang. Yeah. Okay. It's all balanced out. Well, the biblical idea doesn't work like that. Even if you do a lot of good things, you've still sinned. Mm. One person, one sin is guilty enough, right? You know how if a boat has a leak even one leak, even a very, very tiny leak, that leak can still sink the, the entire ship. Right. In the same way, one sin can carry the whole man to hell mm. because that's what we deserve. Yeah. Because we don't realize what we've sinned against. You know, when, when we uh, lie to someone, we're not just lying to that person, but that is an offense against God. Mm. Yeah. When when David's talking about uh, the sins that he committed uh, against Bathsheba, he doesn't say that he committed them against Bathsheba. He says he committed these sins against God. Right. Right. So and sometimes we fail to realize that, like, you know, we're not sinning against each other. We're submit sinning against this all powerful, all good being who loves us and just wants a relationship with us. Right. So, yeah. And, and it kind of goes back to that thing of that we kind of hit on at the beginning of there are sins that we commit and that's, and, and kind of thinking about this line of questioning that you, that you so succinctly brought back around to the gospel. Um, but this idea of helping people understand that, yes, you've done wrong things can hit a brick wall when somebody presents that, Oh, but I do good things too. And we can explain to them, oh, you know, exactly what you just said is is the perfect answer to that. And it's helping them realize that when it comes to Judgment Day, it's not a weighing of have you done more good than bad? And have you done enough good things to 
to remove those bad things. I like to use, I've started using the example of a pillowcase and, and this is a probably terrible illustration, but it works for me. So if you have two pillowcases, right? And one of them has a tiny stain on it, maybe the size of like a penny where you dropped just a little bit of coffee on it, right? Because I spill coffee on all kinds of things. Everything I own is covered in coffee. So you have maybe just a drop of coffee on this pillowcase. And then you have another one that you spilled a whole like venti caramel brulee latte on, right? From Starbucks, that a hot one at that. So it is covered the almost the entire pillowcase. Like it was a white pillowcase. Now it's a brown pillowcase because you spilled so much coffee on it. We would look at that, you and I would look at that and say, okay, one of these is obviously dirtier than the other one. We want to look at things qualitatively, right? You want to say this one has more coffee stain than the other one, which would, you know, maybe be true that there's more present in this one than there is the other one. But here's the truth about both of those pillowcases. Neither one of them, we can't say about either one of them that they're clean. They're both stained, right? Mm -hmm. And I can go to the the one with a tiny stain on it and start to remove that stain. But until it's entirely gone, it is still stained. It is still a quote unquote dirty pillowcase. And that's the truth about humans. The only, the, the hard part about it is, and I don't want to step on next week's episode, but we can't remove that stain ourselves. That's the work that Jesus did when he came in the gospel. And we'll kind of get to more of that. But the point is whether you have a tiny stain, the size of a penny, which I don't think is true of anybody, but you know, the stubborn ones of us might say that, but if we're being honest, the rest of us look more like the second pillowcase that's covered in stains. Regardless, we're both stained and it's a black and white. Are you a sinner in that you have sin nature? Are you victim to the reality of the fall? And the answer for everyone is yes, right? We're all human. We all have fallen victim to that sin nature. And like you were talking about with, with the example you gave of David, which I was going to hit on before you said it. So thank you for hitting on it. We were on the same page on that one. But David says, I didn't sin against, which he did sin against Bathsheba and against Uriah. And, and I'm sure he realized that. But when he's crying out, he's saying, God, I have sinned against you. Because ultimately what he realizes is his actions, his very nature as a human is in contrast to God's. And that is what makes him a sinner. Not that he's done bad things, but that his very nature is in contrast to God. Because, and Connor, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on this. If, if my, if I'm created, let me ask it this way. If I'm created in the image of God, right? Genesis one twenty seven, Then why is it that I do things that are in contrast to God's image, to God's character? Why is that the case? Well, I think, like you said, it, it was your nature. Like, it's in nature. Um, and I think when it talks about the image of God, one interpretation to take, and I'm still kind of working through this myself, is that when it says we're made in the image of God, it means that we have the ability to reason. Mm. We, we're logical beings. Yeah. It's what separates us from every other animal on the planet. Right. And every other plant and every other thing in the uni the universe is that we can reason with one another. We can um, use logic. And I want to like stress that word logic because John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word for word is logos, where right. we get the word logic. So 
I think if you connect it, it's that the, Im the image of God is us being able to connect to God by using that reasoning mm -hmm. that he's yeah. given us as a gift. And that, that separates us from everything else in all of creation. Um, what was the other part of the question? So, so going with that, why don't we reason correctly? What, what is it about us that, cause you're saying being created in the image of God means we have the ability to reason deducibly right from wrong. Right. And so, or, or at least God from not God. Yeah. In theory. Why don't we do that? I think it's because we have free will. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, God created us, but he didn't create, create, create us uh, with evil in the world, but he gave us the opportunity to do evil. And mm. the two are very different things. Right. Um, and, and in a way, it's almost better that he gave us opportunity instead of creating a world without evil. Because I'm sure that God could have done that. Right. That, that God could say, you know, I'm going to make these beings, but I'm not going to give give them free will. I just want them to uh, live as I'm commanding them, as I'm actively making them live. Right. Right. That would be a utopian society. Right. Everybody's just always doing the right things, stuff like that. But God gave us a free will, which means that, yes, we we sin. We do bad things because we're selfish creatures. Right. You know, we we want to do what's always in our best interest, right? In fact, it goes against human nature to not do that. Um, but on the other side of it, when we don't act for ourselves, but we act for others and for God, it almost gives it more meaning yeah. because we have free will to do that. You know, it wouldn't be as special if we were controlled to do that. Yeah. I think of I think of the example in scripture that we're given of the angels, right? So the angels were created and and there's a there's definitely a conversation to be had about the free will of the angels because we see, you know, obviously Lucifer and the angels that have fallen from heaven, but the ones who haven't, right? Um they're heavenly beings and scripture talks about how they don't get to sing the song of redemption in eternity. Right. I, I love that image of us being in heaven someday and as Christians, as people saved by Jesus, standing around the throne of God, singing his praises, singing a song that not even the angels can sing. And the angels are quiet listening to this song because they don't understand it because they haven't been given that option to mess up and then be redeemed from that. Mm -hmm. We have been given that gift. We have been given that grace and that that uh, that mercy, that opportunity to take the free will God has given us, abuse it in awful ways, and yet He still extends His hand to us. And that's and that is you know if we if we bring this full circle to our whole intention with this podcast and with this series of how do we approach people who have unbiblical views of of these things? It's I feel like a lot of times the reason people struggle with this idea of sin and being a sinner and, and calling other people out on sin, because I think that's where these conversations probably come a lot, come up a lot for students, right? Is maybe you're in school and you have a friend or maybe even a teacher who is doing something or teaching something that is completely contradictory to God's word, whatever that may be. It could be, you know, any number of things. And you try to have a conversation with them, not 
in a spirit of, oh, you are an awful person because you did this thing, but you want to help them understand. Maybe it's even it's a fellow believer that you know, a friend, a fellow believer who's doing something that's outside of God's will. And you want to approach them and help them understand because that's what we want to do, not have arguments, but we want to help educate people on God's will and help bring them into what God's perfect plan for our life is. When we're having this conversation, the point of talking about sin, understanding the reality of sin, and understanding that sin is not just our actions, but it's our nature, the whole point is you are not condemned because of your actions, but there is a grace and an opportunity that comes that our nature has separated us from God, but the truth and the glory of the gospel is that that doesn't have to be our reality for all eternity. Right. It is such a great witnessing tool to talk with somebody about sin and not to just make not to belittle somebody or make them feel poorly about their life choices, but to say, hey, look, even though this is true of you, even though this is true of me, Jesus came and died. Right. That's Romans 5, 8 for that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God showed his love for us. And I think that that just gets me like fired up to think about that. It is in our bones, in our very being to be in contrast with God, yet he came and died for us. So that's, uh, sin gets me excited. That's probably not a good thing to say, right, Connor? (laughs) (laughs) That should, that probably shouldn't be the clip that people say from this episode, but talking about sin with people just gets me excited because I think when you have a conversation about it, um, it's kind of, it's scary when somebody comes up to you and starts talking about sin because you're like, I don't know where this is going to go, you crazy Bible thumper. But it is a gateway to the gospel to say, look, we're all jacked up, broken people by nature, but there's a God who loves us still. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to leave a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that more people can learn about our show. Now, you may have noticed that this episode didn't come out in line with our regular release schedule. We got a little behind last week. So to make up for that, this episode is coming out today on Monday, March 7th, and we're going to release another episode on Thursday, continuing our TikTok theology series. So make sure you follow us on at HBC Encounter to stay up to date with everything that's going on in our ministry and to be a part of the discussion. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.